0: Hey friends, you're listening to OKY. I'm your host, Michael Grove. And here we are in the 2024 Bible reading plan. And again, this year we are reading it a little bit slower, taking our time and being able to dive into a few things. So our goal is not to get through this this year, but to understand what we are reading a little bit better. So here we go today, reading Luke chapter 7. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, Go, and he goes, and that one, Come, and he comes. I say to my servant, Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bier they were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, Get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. John's disciples told him about all these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come? The lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God. Is greater than He. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. Jesus went on to say, To what, then, can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to each other. We played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not cry. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him five hundred denarii, and the other fifty. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now which one of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss. But this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This concludes the reading of Luke chapter 7. Let me give you a quick thought before we end our time together. So let me give you a thought here that all sin is the same. What do I mean by that? Is it the same if I murder somebody and if I steal a piece of chocolate? No, that's obviously not the same. There's human implications to that. There's consequences. There's the law. There's all sorts of things. There's the guilt. There's the feelings inside that come with certain sins. So there are sins that mean more and sins that mean less. But what do all sins have in common? Well, all sin keeps us from being holy. And so it divides us from being with the Lord. So when Jesus is talking about this woman, he gives a parable that says that basically somebody who understands what they've been forgiven and understands the magnitude of it, they are more grateful. Now, it's an interesting contrast because the people describe her as a woman who is very sinful. Now, think about the context of that. This is Jesus, the holy son of God, in the house of an arrogant prideful group of Pharisees. Which sin is bigger? Well, if you read this story by just looking at it, it sounds like even Jesus is saying the sin of this woman is greater. But is that really true? Because Jesus knows and understands that all sin is why he is there. He came to this earth to forgive all people of their sin. Doesn't matter if it's a big sin or a little sin. He came to do the work to make reconciliation for all people, for all things. So what does he mean? What is going on here? Does Jesus really believe that this woman is a greater sinner than them? I would suggest not at all. Listen to the start of the parable that he tells Simon. Verse 41. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. So neither of them were able to pay, they both would have had consequences, and they both owed something to the money lender. Yet listen to the last part that Jesus asks. Now which one of them will love him more? Well, if you understood the scenario, the person that only owed 50 would have definitely been grateful. Because in that day and age, not being able to pay a debt meant instant imprisonment, could even mean some of your family being imprisoned or having to work off the debt. This wasn't an easy thing. So to have 50 denarii be forgiven just because the moneylender is full of grace, that's a huge thing. But imagine the man who owed 500 denarii being able to realize. He never would have had that debt paid off, no matter how hard he worked. For sure, his family would have been dragged into it also. This was a big, big deal. Yet the result for both of them is that they both had freedom and had their debt forgiven. So they both were grateful. Now, when Jesus is talking about this, understand he's not talking about the amount that they owe. He's talking about the fact that they both owed something yet had instant freedom given to them. You see, the amount of money is only relevant to the person who owes it. They are the ones that understand the forgiveness of the debt. The one that only owed 50 could have easily walked away grateful but taking for granted the fact that they are free when they should have been locked up. You see, it's more about the person realizing their debt. It's not about the debt that they owed. Either way, the moneylender just forgave it. In the parable, the moneylender forgave 50 just as easily as he forgave 500. So it's not about the size of the debt. It's about the realization of the person that their debt should have cost them something more. But instead, they have freedom You see, the woman came into the Pharisee's house realizing that she was a sinner. The Pharisees were so prideful that they were willing to push this woman away. Why? Because they thought they were better than her. They thought their sin wasn't as painful. But the truth is, they were sitting with the one who came to pay the price for their sin just as much as the woman's sin. And the woman realized what her sin cost, where the Pharisees felt like they deserved it. That is such a dangerous spot for us as Christians. We could easily forget the depth of what Jesus had to go through, that he left his heavenly realm, came to this earth, and submitted fully to a cross. That is the price for the person that's sitting in prison for being a murderer that's the price for me being someone who lies or cheats or steals. The cost is the same, that my Savior came to this earth, lived a perfect life, and yet died a gruesome death on a cross to pay the price for my sin. That should make me stop and be so grateful that I would be like that woman who would walk in and allow my tears to fall onto Jesus' feet and wipe them clean with my hair, that I would take the most expensive oil or perfume that I can find and anoint Jesus' feet with it because he deserves it, because he paid the price for me, because he hung on a cross that my sin would be forgiven so that I can have life and have life everlasting. And that is the most beautiful thing I could ever imagine. And he did it for me. And he did it for you. It doesn't matter how much sin you have, how little sin you think you have. The truth is, Jesus did it for us all, because without that, we would be separated from him for eternity. But that's not what he wanted, and so he made sure there's a way that you and I could be with our Heavenly Father. And that should draw us to praise him no matter what, because nothing else compares to what Jesus has done for us. And for those of us who understand the price that he paid in the debt that we were forgiven, it brings us to a place of worship. So take time today. Remember the debt that was paid in your life so that you could have life with the Heavenly Father and let it turn to praise as you worship him. That's all the time we have left for today. I love you and God bless.